Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. Creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Blog Access 101 Podcast. Follow us on social media at Blog Access 101 on Twitter and Instagram. Special shout out to our sponsor, Hibachi Productions. Use our discount code Block Access 101 on HibachiProductions.com to get 20% off. All right, welcome back to Block Access 101. It's episode 21. I'm your host, Young Hibachi. Follow us on social media at Block Access 101 on Twitter and Instagram to get the updated sports news. I'm here with my host today, Ashley. Um, give me your um, social media tag. Hey, y'all. It's who is Ashley G? All right, we're going to jump right into it. First off, uh, congratulations for your Lakers winning the championship. LeBron getting his fourth ring. Appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. No problem, no problem. They played a hell of a, hell of a series. They finally played like they supposed to uh, last Sunday. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to let you jump right into it. Where do you think this ranks LeBron on the all-time list after getting his fourth ring? Great question. You know, but it's easy answer for me, of course. You know, we could talk about stats. You know, people love stats, you know, points, assists, rebounds, all of that, seeing who ranks where. And as you guys would know, if you do a little bit of research, LeBron is in the top ten of pretty much every single list there is out there. But you know, when we talk about the greatest to ever play basketball, as you guys probably should know if you follow the podcast, LeBron has been number one on that list for me for a long time, since around 2016. And these additional rings, well, this additional ring really proves to you guys continually that he knows how to win. You know, earlier in, in his career they said that he couldn't win I, I know you remember that Rob early in his career they called him the ringless king all of that crownless king all, all of that bull job and he finally showed you guys I can ring I mean I can win not once not twice not three times but I can win four times and you know for me I think the issue is you know when I'm debating people about if LeBron is the greatest is the goat or not I think the issue with a lot of people is that they don't understand what the term the greatest of all time means in their particular sport. So in basketball, when we say the greatest, when we say the GOAT, a lot of people instantly go to the greatest score. You know, they say no, or the greatest winner. If we're talking about the greatest winner, um, that would be Bill Russell. Uh, but if you're talking about the greatest score, that, that you could say Michael Jordan, Kobe, KD, whatever you think. But when we're talking about the greatest basketball player ever who is a master at playing the game of basketball it is LeBron Ramon James senior uh you know he is the greatest basketball player we've ever seen just from he's played in different eras he played in different systems he's won you know in three different locations the way he passes the way he scores and he picks and chooses his spot it's a skill he's so selfless when it comes to playing basketball he gets his teammates going you saw ad he got ad going a lot during the playoffs before he got himself going which is extremely selfless we've never seen a superstar be this selfless in the history of the game his basketball iq the way he studies film and again the gilbert arenas instagram post he studies film 
with his wife and they share and compare notes. Shameless plug, you need to get you a wife that can help you in your purpose and not take you out of your purpose. I just wanted to mention that real quick. But they they take notes and they share notes together. I mean, his work ethic, he is taking care of his body. He is in, well, he was in year 17 going into year 18. He won a chip on Sunday, was back in the lab on, fr- on Friday. Okay, who has done that? Nobody has mastered the game of basketball like LeBron James. It is a skill, and he is the greatest we've ever seen done the skill. He plays the game the right way. No matter how many people tell him you should shoot more, you should drive more, he's showing you this is how you, you play the game the right way, and you can win while doing it, doing it, and he's creating a template for the future. So, yeah, I think he's the greatest. Has been for a while now, but he just continues to prove that he's the GOAT. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just happy he finally got this fourth ring. You know, he won his third championship, uh, won his fourth ring with three different teams. Um, it's very rare for him to do outside of what is it, John Sally, and I think what Robert Horry, and unfortunately Danny Green. Um, <laughs> so you know, I, I feel like anytime you do that is amazing in itself. So you actually that right there is that actually puts him in the top two. I actually think this ring finally puts him over Jordan. That that talk should end of who's the better player. Um, it's definitely LeBron. Um, Say that again. Everything. Uh, definitely LeBron. Jordan never could pass the ball like that because he didn't pass. I mean, yeah, but it's consistent in his career, which is cool. But LeBron is amazing. Um, and then I like how people always talk about how this '90s basketball LeBron couldn't have lasted in the era. First of all, LeBron is six eight two sixty. He probably would have bullied half the people in the league. You could have even gave him a hard foul, and he probably still would have bounced off him. Uh, you know, Michael Jordan, after all the, the beatdown he took from the Pistons, even with him lifting weights and getting stronger, um, he still wasn't the size of LeBron James. LeBron James is, is a freak of nature and is a monster. If you ask somebody who they're more afraid of coming down the lane on a fast break, LeBron Jordan, anybody that doesn't say uh, LeBron is an idiot because I'm more, I'd be more afraid of somebody 6'8", 260 coming down the lane than somebody, what, like 6'6", 235, 230? Facts. That's why he kept getting put in his ass when he played in the 90s. Um, and people love how to, love how to say that uh, LeBron is not really a good shooter. Well, technically, Jordan wasn't really a great shooter either. Um, he shot 32% in his career um, in the NBA. Um, that's not bad, but it's also not good either. Um, you know, his rookie season, he was shooting, what, about 18% in Chicago? Like, okay, it's ridiculous. Yeah. That's why he kept taking that, – that's really the reason why Jordan kept taking the beatdown when he was in Chicago, because if you had a jump shot, you wouldn't take that much of a beatdown. But you're, 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 you're driving to the lane a lot because you really don't have a jumper. Um, he, of course, he worked at it over the years. Uh, probably one of the hardest workers in the game outside of Kobe Bryant, of course, because Kobe Bryant was different. Which leads me to who I say is number one. It's definitely going to still be Kobe because, you know, it was, what, did, what did he say before? Can you be the different, uh, different, different beast in the same animal? I don't even know what the hell that means, but saying that right there shows you his, his mindset that he was really to kill whoever was out there on the court uh, to win a game. Um, you know, I always thought that Kobe, he, when, as he saw the floor, he always saw it as nine on one because, you know, he was just like, look, I'm, 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 I'm confident in my game and I know I can live or die with me either making a shot or win or uh, missing a shot, which is respectable. You know, people love to see that. People always say that's not what LeBron do. Well, you know, 
of course, sometimes I mean, LeBron is better than Kobe when he has more trust in his teammates. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like as, as, as a great player, you have to have trust in your teammates, and LeBron has that. I mean, I wouldn't really have trust in Danny Green out there, but, you know, he's his <laughs> own. Sometimes you just, you just got to make it do what it do. But yeah, I definitely need to put LeBron at two. I feel like if he wins another ring, uh, I, think, I feel like it's finally pushing him over as number one greatest of all time. Um, so, yeah, I, I think – and I also think you guys might might possibly go back to back this year, next year because the Clippers signing Tyron Lue was hysterical. I, I, I love I just, that. I love that. Yeah, I think they gave up on – I think they just gave up on their basketball life because <laughs> it's – no, that's, that's, that wasn't the answer. Um, it wasn't. Mark Jackson's not there, that, and you guys go get Tyron. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really get that. That, that. that doesn't push the needle for me. For you guys, be like, oh yeah, this is gonna take them over the top. They, they lack, they lack identity, as we know. They lack leaders. I mean, Kawhi could be a leader, but he, he, as we know, he's not a talkative guy. He's not the guy that's just gonna be giving motivational speeches or talking. You know, he's strictly that guy that just go out there and handle the business on the court and just gets buckets. And let me let me make it clear, Kawhi. You, you said he might be a leader, but no, Kawhi Leonard is not a leader. He is not a leader in any way, shape, or form. He is not a guy that can rally the troops and tell them, "Listen, this is what we're doing tonight." Point blank, period. Just like LeBron sent out a text, like, "This is a must-win." Period. Kawhi doesn't have that weight at all. He's just like you said. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna uh, get buckets. I'm gonna play a little bit of defense, and that's it. Yeah, I feel like he's. I feel like he's not a leader, vocal leader, but I feel like he leads by example by his play. But I see what you're saying. And then Paul George, oh buddy, uh, he don't even lead by example by his play because we saw what he did in the playoffs. Terrible. Yeah, he he, he don't lead by nothing. Yeah, it's it's pretty embarrassing. Um, so yeah, I don't think I don't think the Tyron Lue situation bring brings the lack of identity that he don't have. I also think they need to go get a big man in the offseason, possibly DeMarcus Cousins. Um, they want to take a shot at him. They can get, probably get a protection uh, minimum because, you know, he's coming off that knee injury and uh, Achilles injury. So nobody's really going to pay him big money. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think um, – oh, again, shout-out to my boy, Charles Billups, so finally getting a job as a coach. You know, I think that's the best thing about the Tyron Lou deal. Got my man, Chauncey Billups, out there. Probably gonna teach some of them. Might teach my man uh, Pat Bev how to consistently shoot that jump. I love Pat. Pat Bev, my guy, great defender. Um, Much. Yeah. I wish he would have came to Philly, but he knows what it is. Um, we need we need that vocal leader in the locker room, just cuss the guys out and bring that physicality because a lot of our guys are pretty close. Um, so yeah, we'll jump right into my next topic. We're talking about Mark Jackson with the coaches' uh vacancy. Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy that, that Mark Jackson uh still hasn't let alone got a job, let alone an interview, uh, which is crazy. Uh, I would I love Doc, I would love to see my sister also give him an interview, but you know, I, I, I think I'm, I'm happy, I'm happy with getting Doc because Doc's a great coach of all time, so I'm cool, one of the great coaches of all time. We clear that up, um, but. I, I just don't see how some of these teams still haven't uh, even gave my man um, Mark Jackson the job. Um, you know, I'm ha- I'm happy that I like Steve Van Gundy. He's, he's a decent coach, but you know, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Van Gundy. Um, that's who I thought it was. It wasn't Steve Van Gundy. 
No, this it's it's Jeff Van Gundy, oh, the dude that that be on there with Mark. Oh Lord, oh Lord, Jeff Lord. I, I don't even like him as the analyst. I yeah, guess. no, okay. Stan, you you're talking about Stan Van Gundy, which is um his brother. Yeah, I love Stan's pretty good. I liked him when he was in. Well, he's I think he's in Detroit. I'm tripping. Uh, so yeah, Jeff Van Gundy. I mean. I don't know. I, I just never was really a, a big fan of Jeff Van Gunny. And then him on ABC just made it worse for me. I, I never really <laughs> saw him as a, a great coach. He was decent, but, you know, he had a few good a few good years in New York. Um, but, you know, he never got over the hump. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about these mediocre uh, – I know we talked about it the other day, about mediocre white coaches getting all this uh, praise. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm sick of you, Rob. I'm, I'm about worn thin with – the the gall of the NBA, like like you said, Jeff Van Gundy and you know these mediocre white men getting interviews and getting jobs. To be clear, they're getting the positions, while great black coaches are not even being considered. Considered, and going back to Mark Jackson, he is an incredible coach, and you know I I'm very sick of. Steve Kerr getting all the praise for the Golden State Warriors surge in NBA Finals. Meanwhile, quiet as it's kept, Mark Jackson is the carpenter that built what we know as the Golden State Warriors old dynasty. You know, when he came and he started coaching the Golden State Warriors, you know, Steve, not Steve Kerr, Steph Curry was very young. Klay Thompson was very young. Draymond Green was very young. Harrison Barnes was very young. He got all of these players at a very young age, and he built that in them. And then, you know, he built the house. Uh, I'll give this metaphor. He built the house. He stayed in the house. Steve Kerr came along. They kicked him out, and now they give Steve Kerr all the praise. When in actuality, it's we need to give Mark Jackson some credit. I do think Steve Kerr deserves some credit, but we have to give Mark Jackson some credit. And and I just think it's horrible how they blackballed him out of the league simply because of his faith and simply because he invited his players to church. An invitation. It's not a, I'm making you come or you're not playing. It's a simple invitation, and he got fired, and he hasn't had a job in the league for six years. I think it's absolutely insane. It's unfair. It is the epitome. Uh, what we see in the league right now is the epitome of, of white privilege. I'm going to say it. Uh, all of these mediocre white men getting, you know, interviews and gigs, and great black coaches are not even being invited to an interview. Exactly. Uh, you know, especially as we're going to see situation. Yeah. Mark Jackson turned a franchise, gave him the defensive identity that they they have had ever since that he left, and they tried to put that in Steve Kerr. You know, Steve Kerr just came in and already it's a good situation. Not 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 granted, Steve Kerr is a good coach. Can't can't take it away from him. But you know, the foundation was already was already was already there, and all he had to do was just follow it. I mean, exactly. They got rid of a, of him of uh, Mark Jackson because you know he, he was big on his faith, which I don't understand why that was a problem. Of course, the owners were gay, but I mean, he's not disrespecting you or who you are, so I mean, why are you judging off of who he is with his faith? So I feel like that was kind of mind-boggling. Um, and then also, another thing with the Warriors, Luke Walton, they always saying he was a good coach, like, oh, he got the uh, the Warriors, what, it was a 39-5 and five when Steve Kerr was out with recovering from that back surgery. I'm just mm-hmm. like, Anybody could have went out there and, and coached Golden State Warriors. They they had three Hall of Famers on that team. You know, I mean, I'm, I wasn't 
like, oh man, this this guy's amazing. And then you see what he do when he going with the uh, with the Kings and players not even answering his calls at the moment. It's ridiculous. They got rid of my man Mark Jackson when he had a 50, 51 wins. Crazy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Nobody has even had him interviewed him or anything after that, which is which is crazy. I know he tried to say like he's cool with, with the announcement, but you know I, I know you in the back of my mind like, damn, I would love to coach again. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's trying to be humble, but he is one of the greatest basketball minds um, that's currently in the NBA circle, and he's not even being considered for an interview is it's really mind-boggling to me how they just how every team has passed him up you know me when uh the Lakers vacancy was out I I was vying for all I wanted was for LeBron to play under a great coach like Mark Jackson because we have to remember I don't think LeBron has played for a great coach yet now the best coach he's played for is Eric Spolstra but we have to remember Eric Spolstra was a little bit early in his coaching career like he I think Eric Spolstra is a really good coach now but he wasn't that good when LeBron played for him like I dealt with his brain farts game in and game out so you know I wanted him and the Lakers didn't even consider him so it's completely unfair he's being too humble uh, but I mean what else can you do when you're being blackballed yeah I mean because then he says much you're gonna be labeled as an angry black man you know it is what it is uh, yeah we gotta, we gotta talk about those those stereotypes we gotta navigate in the workplace it's crazy oh yeah it's ridiculous anytime you speak out oh he's 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 uh he doesn't have respect for authority no we don't I don't have we don't have respect for stupidity that's good. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Also, then with the with the with the with the Raptors getting rid of uh, Dwayne Casey uh, a couple years ago, you know they were like, what they had fifty nine wins that season. You know they just ran. Yeah. That, that wasn't his fault. LeBron one of the greatest players of all time. Uh. So you know I, I don't really think. And then you know they got Nick Nur- Nick Nurse and they probably look like they were geniuses uh, to try because they won their championship, but. Now, granted, Nick Nick Nurse is a great is a great basketball mind. You know, he, I think he really implemented a two three zone in the NBA because I've seen a lot of teams using it these last over the last few years. And he really the first one that started it when he when they when they played us in that. Uh, I don't even want to talk about that series. Well, um, <laughs> I still have nightmares, and people still want to keep sending me that damn video. Next person sending me that video, I'm smacking the hell out. Um, yeah, so I, I feel like even I've been at two or three on us because we you know he, we didn't have any shooters. Oh, please, dear. I saw something we might get rid of, not bring back Josh Richardson. <sighs> Christmas will come earlier if it doesn't happen. <laughs> because if we, if, or we trying to trade him or something, I seen something about Spencer Diddy with me. I would love that or Karis LeVert, but I, th- I feel like we had to give him more to get Karis LeVert. Like he's, he, I feel like he's borderline on that level about becoming a superstar. And I feel like with 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 KD and Kyrie, I feel like that might hinder his uh, next level push to becoming a star. So come on over to Philly, man. We need we need a guy that gets buckets. Shameless plug. Yep. Uh, but I'm, going back to the Dwayne Casey thing, I just want to mention this. I will argue that you know Toronto Raptors will be in the same position winning a championship with him in that position. Oh yeah. Uh, he, he he came up against LeBron James. Like, what did you expect him to do? LeBron, of course, he's going to stop them. And so, yeah, again, that's that's going. I personally think 
the NBA has a huge racial diversity issue on a variety of levels. Uh, I'm not going to even get into my research. That's another conversation for another day. But coaching, it's a big problem. It's been a problem. I'm just going to make that very clear. And uh, in the front office as well. So, yeah, the NBA, you know, racial diversity issues, but nobody wants to talk about it. And I'm glad you brought, you brought that to light. Dwayne Casey would have done a fantastic job. He, they would have won a championship. But, hey, they the, the leash for black coaches are is very short. So. Yeah, then you got guys like Frank Vogel that somehow keeps trying to find a way, and now he gets a ring because he's playing with two Hall of Famers, possibly. Exactly. And and now people want to say he's a good coach. No, he's not a good coach because his 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 roster management was abysmal. Um, his in in game coaching was horrible because I don't know how Danny Green in the game after missing all them threes. You have to go to somebody else at that point. And see what, if they can bring something to the table. And then if they can't, you know, possibly bring it back in. Or try to see if he maybe get that spark to come off the bench. Maybe he gets mad that he's come off the bench and he plays with some fire in his ass. And, and start finally hitting the three and not shooting the ball into the ocean and not even hitting it. Um, but, you know. That was my thing, Rob. You know, like, okay, he don't – he's not scoring. Clearly, he's not – he's just not doing well starting. One, he can't shoot the, a basketball anywhere. And two, he's lost on defense. Did you see how lost he was on defense? Just slow as hell. I mean, my God, he was giving us nothing. So as a coach, you have to make that adjustment. Rob, you've coached basketball before. I've coached basketball before. If one of your players that usually has a great rhythm and is usually a great three-point shooter, we know shooters, in order for them to get back in the rhythm, they have to keep shooting. Got it. But let's switch something up. How about he comes off the bench and let's see if that brings a different dimension. He didn't even try that, you know. So he, he is – I blame him a little bit for the reason why Dan Green plays so bad because he didn't make many adjustments in terms of the lineup. Yeah, it's just – yeah, I, I, he's, 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 he's a terrible coach if you ask me. He um, is. And anybody think he's a good coach is obviously delusional and has no common sense. Um, and they and they just don't know basketball. Clearly, just don't, you don't know basketball if you think that Frank Vogel's a good coach. He's mediocre at best. Yeah, you saw what he, he was average at uh, Indiana. Yes. Um, oh, that that Orlando Magic stint was 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 a nightmare. Jesus. And then he just gets a, and then he just fall and then the perfect opportunity just falls in the lap with coaching LeBron and AD. I mean, like, my thing is, like, he hasn't earned the right to get that. Like, it, it makes absolutely no sense to me. Because, I me, mean, I'm not a fan of Ty Lue, but I probably would have preferred Ty Lue over Frank Vogel as the head coach. I mean, it's kind of tit for tat, but at least he's coached LeBron before. So, you know, he learns he, – he knows a little something. But Frank Vogel showed me nothing when he was with the Pacers. We, we played against them a lot, you know, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, when I say we, I mean LeBron. Us, we played against them. So he he's been horrible. He's still horrible. Let's just be very clear. I want to make my position very clear. I think he's a horrible coach, and he just like you said, he just has a great coaching staff. He has a great coaching staff, which makes him to be presented as good. But he himself, he shows us how horrible he is during the game because that's on him. Exactly. Um, you know. Like his stint with with what do you want fifty four what about fifty four games, and the two seasons he played with the a coach with the uh, Orlando Magic that's that's 
that's ridiculous. That's that's ridiculous. Um, and people want to say he's a good coach. Like, no, no. How? Terrible. Um, so you know that, that right there shows you like. Like you say, white privilege because you you won fifty four games in two seasons as 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 the Orlando coach, and then you know you're out for a year, and then the following you come back and you're coaching a team that's one of well one of the picks to win the NBA Finals. Like that's that's crazy. Um, Meanwhile, Mark Jackson, he his career coaching and regular season playoffs is over five hundred. He got. The rook, the pretty much they were essentially rookies except Steph got the young Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Harrison Barnes to the playoffs for three consecutive years, got fired, and still doesn't have a job. Yeah, Help me out. I thought one plus one equals two. Clearly, it doesn't in the NBA. Yeah, it might be three or four, but you know, yeah, <laughs> uh, people just obviously don't have common sense. And you know, I, I, you know, people try to say that don't race, don't bring race or anything. I mean. This is obviously America. If you, if you don't think race is a pivotal part in this country, you obviously have been watching the news, or you obviously live under a rock and don't see it. You know, so uh, people that say that, I just really think they just have no common sense, and I have no time for them. Um, but you know, I feel like uh, then you know they like to hire the average basketball coach, black basketball coach, so they can say, "Well, we gave them opportunity, but they didn't do nothing with it." Yeah, that's why they hired Tom Rondo, so they can say, "Well, we hired another black coach and." He didn't really do anything with it. But then meanwhile, Jackson sitting at home tooling his thumbs. You know, it is what it is. And then uh Mike Brown. Mike Brown wasn't the greatest coach, but he's a lot better than some of these coaches in the NBA right now. Like look at look at Mike Budenholz. If somebody if he was black, <laughs> he'd be elite. Look, he had, he he always had good teams, he always coached good teams. And every time they get in the playoffs, they just never showed up. Look at Atlanta, didn't show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he had with uh Josh Smith, Al Horford, Joe Johnson. Uh, Jeff Teague and the boys, and they just never showed up in the playoffs. Uh, of course, LeBron was in that era, but you know, in, in Celtics, but still, you he was young, yeah, he was young. Uh, yeah. And even Mike Brown, he coached LeBron, he was young, so you can't really hold that against him, yeah. So, and I, feel, I feel like the, the Hawks, they were, correct me, yeah, they were number one seed at one point, and they still didn't do anything, yeah. Um, that's, that's just coaching, um. And you know, then he's not, as you can see now, he's in um, Milwaukee. And look at it, deja vu all over again. You coaching a good team, number one seed, and bam, you guys choke again. So that's exactly. coaching. Um, I don't, I don't think if it was, if it was a black coach, they wouldn't be in the league of having these good teams and then just blowing it when it matters the most, and it gets swept under the rug. Um, so you know, it is what it is with that. But also, uh, shout out to the Seattle Storm for when. They uh WNBA championship. I forgot to say that in the last week's podcast. Shout out to the Seattle Storm. They blew those girls out. A quick 3-0 we out. So shout out to the Seattle Storm. Uh I'm I'm still grieved about, you know, the the lack of popularity in the WNBA because they actually play basketball how it should be played. And that's why they get so much support from NBA players. Uh, but they lack support from dang near everywhere else. And I know Brian, not Brian, Rob, you want to talk about this a little bit? Oh, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you saw the picture I retweeted with the Seabird and LeBron picture with both of them winning four championships, 17 years uh, in their leagues. And you see, like, the salary for her was 215000 LeBron was $37 million. And then the yeah. 
it was like eleven thousand for her, and LeBron was three hundred seventy thousand. Um, that wealth gap discrepancy between men and women sports need to change. Not even men and women sports, just men and women in general just working. Like it's always a wealth discrepancy, and I feel like we need to change that. Um, a couple NBA players have been speaking out on that. Of course, LeBron, uh, John Wall, Bradley Bill. But I, I feel like it needs to be continue to be more because, you know, some people still like Iguodala make stupid comments um, about WNBA players. And it was one guy I saw yesterday that wrote, like, maybe they were lingerie that they people were watching. I think that was, like, the stupidest thing I ever heard. Uh, me personally, I like to watch women basketball more than men basketball because, one, it's more fundamentally. You don't see people dribble, dribble for, like, 20 seconds off the shot clock and then try to throw a shot or you want to do 10,000 euro steps, half of them are walks. And um, I, I just really can't watch basketball like that. I always thought women basketball is more fun than the sound. That's why I love coaching girls and women more than boys and men because uh, they play the game right, they follow the system, and they make it do what it do. And a lot of these players, a lot of these male basketball players want to do all these dribble fancy stuff, and they can't even put the ball in the basket when they have a wide open. So that's why I, and I also think I, I don't think women should have to go all the way overseas just to get paid what they rightfully own should should be getting paid. Um, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't, it might need to get to the point to just do a lockout or something because I don't, I don't think people still get the message. Um, I think Adam Silver doing a great job at NBA, but I feel like he needs. I'm pretty sure he already is working with them, but they need to do a better job of bridging its wealth gap between the NBA and WNBA. Now, granted, I know that the WNBA probably would never get onto the the wealth as the NBA because of these these TV contracts, but it it, it shouldn't be this far advanced where somebody's getting paid three hundred seventy thousand dollars as a bonus for the finals, and the, and the women you get eleven thousand. I mean, that that's that's crazy, and then your salary is two hundred fifteen thousand, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a big issue. It it, it comes down to a lot of things. As you know, in, in order for, you know, even NBA players to make money, it's a combination of popularity, ticket sales, media, all of that. Um, and, you know, I, I think at the heart of it, the essence of it, like, yes, there was a new contract. There was like a new agreement in 2019 and last year for the WNBA, which made strides. Like, for example, uh, females now don't have to share rooms because you know when they went away games they used to, have to share rooms like we're in college you know like I'm back at Hampton and Twitch we sharing rooms that's what they had to do when they went to travel so there were some things that were changed and salaries increasing and things of that nature but it's nowhere near where it should be and I think you know at this point if, the, if you want to keep the WNBA afloat uh, yes we have to see more support we have to do a better job especially us basketball aficionados, we have to do a better job at watching WNBA games. Like, I'm a fan of the WNBA, but I didn't watch that many games this year, which is horrible. So we have to be more intentional about supporting the WNBA, buying their merchandise, watching games, going to the games. But also the NBA as an organization, as the overarching body over the WNBA, they have to do a much better job at supporting these WNBA players. Because we have to remember, the NBA was established in 1946. The WNBA wasn't established until 1996. So we have that 50-year gap. Uh, and in order for the WNBA to make strides, the NBA, they have to make a – I personally think they need to make a financial contribution. They can look at it, you know, as an investment 
uh, to just try to get their salaries at a livable wage. Like Rob said, these girls have to go and play overseas just to make it. And they are professional athletes. They are putting their heart playing playing a game for us to have entertainment. And meanwhile, they are making chicken scratch. And of course, we know it's not right. And it comes down to a whole bunch of issues. But at the heart of it, the NBA, they're responsible. They have to show more effort, give more resources towards the WNBA if they plan to advance. You know, if the future is going to look bright, the NBA is going to have to be a big part in it. Yeah, definitely. Um, hopefully they finally get that under wraps. Um, I'm tired of seeing these great basketball players and what WNBA not getting paid what they deserve. Uh, I don't know if you saw the Tia Cooper story, but I didn't. I know she played at Baylor, but I know she drafted. She, she got drafted by second round by the uh, what, Tulsa Shocks, and they had cut her due to you know financial issues and then with with COVID. So that's how she got the call to get play for LA. A lot of people were opting out, and she took advantage of her opportunity. And that made me even more. I was already a fan of her for how she was playing. That made me even more of a fan of her by how her story, uh, her, her story getting into WNBA. Cause she got out of the mud. Um, I feel like she's gonna be a great player. Shout out to Derek Fisher, giving her the opportunity. I'm glad he's had doing well with coaching with the uh, Sparks. Uh, he didn't get to do justice coaching with the Knicks because that's a terrible franchise. Um, so happy to see him getting that, uh, getting some success. Um, and also, you see like a lot of these uh, star women players having to do analysts during their season because you know they got to. Make, get some extra bread because they're not getting paid with their rifle. Like you see Candace Par- Parker on TNT sometimes with uh, Chuck and yeah. Jack and uh, D Wade on there because he retired, you know, you're living life. Yeah. The other, the, other, the other girl uh, from the Sparks, too. Uh, what's her name? Uh, I don't know. That African name. Christina. I, forgot, I can't even say her last name. Oh, uh, Agumake? Yeah, there we go. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes, and, you know, now, granted, I mean, of course, they love to do talking about the game, but I'm like, you're doing it during the season while you're playing, too. This is a reason why you're doing that, because you're trying to get some extra bread to make up for what you're not rightfully getting paid. So that's, I feel like the NFL needs to fix that and do the right thing. I'm not NFL, NBA and WNBA do the right thing, get, get this thing rolling. Uh, so, yeah, right there, we're just going to take a short break. Voting isn't just going to the polls on election day anymore. Options like early voting, mail-in voting, and ballot drop boxes are available to more voters and are growing in popularity. How to Vote, a tool created by Democracy Works, breaks down the options your state offers for casting a ballot, empowering you to decide when and where to vote. How to Vote is easy to use and helps folks from all over the country overcome many of the process barriers to voting. Um, examples of action voters can take using how to vote tools, sign up for election reminders, see what's on your ballot, get step-by-step assistance requesting your ballot, explain your options for returning your voted mail ballot, check your voter registration status, find your polling site, and make sure you have the appropriate ID. Decide when and where your vote is here at howto.vote. Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. Go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choice choices to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on election day. 
this election matters. Make sure you have a plan to vote and voting is informed. 30% of voters take the time to vote and then leave some part of the ballot blank. This is a missed opportunity to choose the leaders of our communities. Go to BallotReady.org and enter your address to make a plan to vote and vote informed. All right, welcome back. Uh, we're going to jump right into it. We're going to talk about our next topic is Big Ten football coming next back next week. It's a great time. Um, my Buckeye football finally comes back. We play next week against Nebraska. Good way to start the season. So we can beat up Nebraska. Probably beat them boys uh, 66 to 0. Um, it's going to be a great game and a great season. As you see, we six right now, uh, 0 0 before we even start next week. Um, that should show the rest of college football what Big Ten means to college football. Um, I'll let you get into it, Ashley. I know you're a Michigan fan. Yeah. I mean, you know, since all the rest of the uh, football conferences are coming back. I mean, I'm happy Big Ten is one of them. We'll see how long it lasts. Um, you know, I personally don't think it's safe. They're not taking the necessary measures, but we'll see what happens. Michigan, you know, I'm, I don't have confidence in my team, I must say, uh, mainly because Jim Harbaugh. He's been there since about 2014, 2015, and he's shown me nothing. You know, I think our best team, I think, was like our 2015, 16 season or 16, 17, one of them, uh, when we had J.U. Chesson and we had uh, Peppers and all of them. We had a great team, but guess what? We still didn't win the big games. So my issue is if you come to Michigan, if you are a head coach of Michigan football, you know that your number one job is to win the big games. you got to beat Michigan State. you got to beat Ohio State. And we failed to do so on too many occasions. Uh, when the games were literally at our fingertips, we just couldn't win. And, you know, I, I – blame that on you know Jim Harbaugh he has not done what he's been called there to do uh, the recruits were not he did not get the top-notch recruits uh, he does not have his team playing at a high level that Michigan football's standard is uh, and Ohio State is you know they are reigning supreme I hate to say as a Michigan fan uh, it, it's been hard to watch our team play uh, so poorly throughout the years and not winning the big games, not making it into, you know, the, the top four, uh, not going to the big game. So it's, it's been tough. And I think Jim Harbaugh's job uh, should be taken away. I think he should be absolutely fired after this season. If it, We just don't see any promise. You know, we have not seen promise for six years. And I, I believe this with my chest. If this was a black coach, he would have been gone a couple of years ago. Uh, and, yes, Jim Harbaugh, he has the name. But my question is, what has his name done what has his name given us we still aren't winning we still aren't playing at a high level so yeah I mean we're currently ranked I think number 19 from the top 25 that just kind of shows you know I I'm shocked we're on the top 25 list but I mean if you're Michigan you'll probably be on the list so I think they just put on the list just to be nice but I don't have too much confidence in our coach I'm sure he didn't recruit any great players I'm sure we still don't have a black quarterback and given the culture of Michigan football after going to Michigan and interning with the University of Michigan football team for two years, the chances of them getting a black quarterback, very slim. And I think that's very unfortunate because we are definitely in the era of the black quarterback. And it would just be great to see that in Michigan football. We haven't had a black quarterback in a very long time. So, yeah, it's not looking good. Uh, congratulations to the Ohio State Buckeyes in advance. Congratulations to Michigan State in advance because we probably won't beat you guys again. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. You know, you guys 0-5 against us under the hardball era. 
All right, got it. We <laughs> don't not say that. But you know, um, I've, like I know you said, but some of y'all didn't have a lot of the black quarterbacks. Uh, I'm, thankfully, we're 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 the opposite. Um, you know, we've had uh, numerous black quarterbacks in the air: Cardell Jones, uh, Dwayne Haskins, and then as of right now, uh, Justin Fields, who's a great player. Um, so I, f- I feel like we we probably go back again. We probably get in the college football playoffs. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, I think we got a good shot at winning that uh, championship. We just have to make sure everybody's healthy and everybody's ready to play with us being off for a whole month. So, and you know, shout out to the parents, coaches, and players that were stayed on the Big Ten to try to push them to um, bring back the um, Big Ten football because at first in August they canceled the season, but. Thankfully to all the ACC, uh, SEC, and American Athletic Conference, as we saw that they were playing football. So I think the Big Ten uh, front office was at was at, at odds with continuing to cancel Big Ten football with all these other conferences playing. And there really there hasn't been a lot outside of Nick Saban uh, um, COVID test, and I don't know how he got – healthy again that fast from COVID, which is crazy. Um, but, you know, it's good for, uh, you know, that's why I'm trying to think it might be a vaccine out there that they ain't telling us about. You know, you saw your boy Trump uh, get 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 healthy again from COVID, you know. He said that, what do you say? It's not uh, DNA, it's USA. Uh, it's, <laughs> please, yeah, please vote because this, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I honestly don't know what's wrong with that guy. So, yeah, it's a good thing that college football is back with the Big Ten. It's been missing out the best conference in the NFL. I mean, college football, and it's, it's great for the game because you know it's always SC is better in Big Ten and. I, this never been my opinion, but you know we always had the good. Teams such as y'all, um, Ohio State, uh, Wisconsin. Uh, who else is pretty good out there? Michigan State is a wild card. You never know how they're going to play, but they somehow find a way to win games and they shouldn't be winning. So we're going to see what they do. Uh, but let me get into my NFL picks. Um, I'm, Texans, Titans, I'm taking the Titans. Colts, Bengals, I'm going to take the Colts. Falcons, Vikings, definitely taking the Vikings since they're home and they've been feeling and Kirk has been playing well. Patriots, Broncos, I'm taking the Patriots, especially with Cam Newton come back and Melvin Gordon out for Broncos. I'm taking the Giants over the Redskins. I don't think anybody's watching the game outside of Washington football fans and Giants fans, but it's going to be a terrible game. Uh, Ravens, Eagles, can't wait to see the Ravens beat up on the Eagles so I can talk trash to everybody's Eagles fan. Brown Steelers, I'm definitely going to take the Steelers, Bears, Panthers. Um, definitely taking the Panthers in this one. They've been playing pretty well as of late, and I feel like they're finally clicking on all the cylinders. Uh, Packers, 40, uh, Packers against Buccaneers. I'm definitely taking the Packers. Never been against A-Rod. Um, 49ers, Rams. Definitely taking the Rams because Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't pay a football, couldn't throw a football if they paid him $100 million. Um, we, he never he never showed up in the game. Saw him in the Super Bowl, he choked. 
So I'm definitely going with the Rams. They're very hot as of late. Uh, Chiefs, Bills, I'm definitely taking the Chiefs. Um, they are both teams lost last week in games they shouldn't have lost. And I feel like Pat Mahomes comes out firing on all levels. Um, and they beat probably beat the hell out of the Buffalo Bills. Cause especially with Josh Allen. I thought he was I thought he was coming around. Maybe he might have been that guy, but um last week he showed me who he really is. A bum. Uh Cowboys Cardinals definitely taking the Cowboys. This is gonna show what our future look like this season without that. Um this is probably one of the best pass sporting cast that Andy Dalton has had in his career with C D Lamb, Amari Cooper, Mike Gallup, and of course Zeke at the running back. Um, so we're going to see what he's going to do with it. I saw he has a $4 million incentive in his contract if he takes the Super Bowl. He probably can cancel that $4 million uh, kissing goodbye because our defense is abysmal and they're not going to hold up. Um, so, yeah, that's my picks for this week. Um, Ashley, peace. appreciate you coming up. Um, you guys enjoy your Sunday.